Now we're going into the world of humans in general and uh, just why we do what we do. And uh, I am a spiritual person, I am a Christian, um, and I do like to talk about faith and love and everything in between. So um, welcome to Carrie Lloyd Podcast. But yeah, I know one of the, the very first words I just felt over Carrie was there's a call on her life to influence the influential and to watch Carrie over the years just really steward that call and that anointing that's on her life has just been amazing. So I think the world of this woman and I'm excited to receive from her this afternoon. Goodness me, thank you so much. That was wild. That was wonderful. Can you just give it up for Katrina one more time? It's true, I was a student of Katrina in her first year, and um, what that woman has taught me um, just radically took my breath away, just watching her with a spirit of excellence, which is what I'd love to talk about today. Katrina, thank you for teaching me everything um, that I could have wished for in first year. Um, it's so funny. It's so funny that she literally uh, said, you know, I, be- I believe that she's going to be influencing the influential because uh, it's actually what I wanted to start open today with. Um, I do hear that a lot. I hear, not just towards me, but I hear lots of students go, you know, I've been given a prophetic word that I'm going to influence the influential. And I'm, I'm going, fantastic. Good for you. What do you do? And they'll go, sorry, what? What do you do? What do you actually do? I, um, well, I, I pray for people. I, uh, I'm pretty good at the prophetic. That's fantastic. What do you do? And we go around in circles. Now, I don't mean to be mean. I'm sure they very much will be influencing the influential. But most people don't influence people outside of their circle if they have not worked on their craft, if they have not built on the spirit of excellence, and if they are not passionate about the very thing they feel they want to be influential with. I'm really tired of not seeing people work on their excellence. I'm really tired of watching beautiful students come with amazing gifts and not work on their character. If you're looking at Daniel, the reason why he was so influential with Nebuchadnezzar was nothing to do. Do I keep on touching this a little bit? Do I? I'm not an excellent speaker with this microphone yet. Had nothing to do with his prophetic, it was a helpful gift, but actually his excellence in character is what distinguished him from the crowd. It's what brought him to Nebuchadnezzar in the first place. It wasn't that he'd had a rumor of, oh, you're so prophetic, you should hear this guy interpret your dream. And what's beautiful about Daniel, he was very cautious about how pure he was. His excellence was based on integrity. And so when we see you guys come in and come in a little late, we're like, okay, first few weeks of school, sure, you're just getting into the rhythm. But my heart dies a little bit when we still haven't got that being a little earlier than planned. I just went to Los Angeles with 30 of my students, and <laughs> five of which are here. No, I'm joking. And, um, and I was so proud of them. They turned up way earlier than the designated time. 
because I communicated, this is my heart. We're going to people that I care about and I love about. And like Haley was saying at the very beginning, we value what we, what we want to protect. And so therefore, I respect people that I'm, in order for me to respect them, I'm on time and I'm actually early. And my father used to sit in his chair half an hour before the event in order ready to, to leave. He'd have his coat over his arm and he would sit in his chair for 30 minutes until he had to leave. Quite a good training for me personally, to be honest with you. Um, I worked really hard on being on time. And the Lord, even as I was driving to here today and knowing what I was going to speak about, the Lord was like, do you recognize that we wait for you when you come to heaven? It's never the other way around. We're not like, we'll be with you in a minute. I just can't find my keys. Hang on, just two. We're already there. We're already waiting for your arrival. And so part of this journey, I feel, is actually just... Sometimes I can even feel it in the room right now. Me talking about excellence can make people go, oh, performance and striving. <laughs> We're already checking off problems that could come with excellence. And the problem with that is we actually discount, therefore, our desire to be excellent. Sometimes you've been sitting and, and you've been getting fed for two years on beautiful education on how to be and live for the kingdom. But sometimes you've been warned about the spirit of performance or the spirit of striving. And before you know it, you've canceled out your desire to actually push forward and be the best that you can be. I really don't want us to distort what we've been teaching here. The father of this house is a man of excellence. And so, and the only reason why he's a man of excellence is because his father was a great designer, the great designer. Beauty matters, design matters. The fact that you even exist on earth, nature itself is full of excellence. If you ever, my friend Richard Downs is just at the front here and he said, have you ever seen, I was talking about excellence with him last night because I believe he's a very excellent man. He's done some amazing things for the city and beyond. And what I find so brilliant about Richard, he said, have you ever watched a Canadian goose just land in water? It's the most perfect thing. It's full of excellence. It's full of beauty. And if we're wanting to reflect him, in everything that we do, it must be from a spirit of excellence. It is not this, if we're going, oh, I'm so worried about striving now, I can get into the striving thing, great. We're not making it about you anymore. Excellence is about glorifying Him. It is about glorifying your Father. It's nothing to do with you. Every time, it was really interesting because we, um, we were at the hotel and we were all checking out. And um, I, was getting, I was getting a little bit nervous. There was big crowds of us as students in this hotel. And it's a very calm atmosphere in that hotel for you. And we were getting a little rowdy and beautifully. Brett knows my heart for excellence. And Brett had just shouted whilst I was talking to someone else. I said, okay, everyone, I think we should just move outside of the foyer into the street so we can make sure there's room for everyone else. And um, there was a guy who's working on service in uh, the hotel who was just always taking care of our suitcases and making sure we're all taken care of. And he's holding the door for everyone to go out. And he turns to me and says, I've never seen that before. I said, what do you mean? He said, I've never seen someone in all four years that I've worked in this hotel to care about other people. See, you guys have got these beautiful testimonies and these beautiful miracles that are watching. And, you're, and maybe you stayed here and didn't get to see the signs and wonders. But do you know what? The effect that you had by just opening the door for someone by being on time for someone, by being excellent at working at McDonald's, you will always mark someone's memory. That guy is never going to forget Brett. 
He's going to see him one more time. And Brett does look like Jesus, so it was perfect timing. <laughs> I really care about us doing a great impression. One, one of my friends is a guy called uh, Greg Rudloff, and he works at Warner Brothers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's pretty wild. He's, um, he's won four Oscars. Wow. <laughs> and one of the first questions I ever asked him is, where do you keep them? It's, it's the one thing you should ask if you ever meet someone that's won an Oscar. Where do you keep them? He says, in my toilet, in my lavatory. <laughs> Keeps him humble, he says. What I love about this man, I met him when I was 21. I was working for a film production company in east of Doheny, just off um, Hollywood. And I was just fascinated with the film industry. It was the first time I was working for a production company in Hollywood, and I was like, teach me your ways. And what was so beautiful was uh, we went to go and watch some kind of screening in Warner Brothers. They were just working on some of the sound for a particular... So you know those sort of DreamWorks or Universal logos that come around the beginning of a film? Well, East of Doheny were looking at theirs. And we had this wonderful experience, and I was just starry-eyed at the wonder of Warner Brothers. And what did it make? Warner, what, what made Warner Brothers Warner Brothers? Anyway, I asked if I could go back, and they said, sure, we'll give you a tour, and we'll, you can go around. And I tell you what, there's actually uh, two guys that are working on sound supervision for a particular film called uh, Collateral Damage. It had Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. And, and, they, and the woman gave me a heads up before I met them. She said, these are the superstars of the industry. Greg and John are the superstars of the industry. Clint Eastwood will give them his soundstage in Warner Brothers because he trusts what they do. They're so brilliant at hearing sounds and seeing a visual, but their craft is so profound, directors are clawing at the bit just in the hope to work for them. They're the most expensive sound guys you'll ever meet. Just to rent um, for a day for the studio with them, and their desk is the longest in the world. Just to rent, just to spend a day with them is $50,000 just to use the room. That's not even their fee. And so I'll go, can I come watch you? So I'll sit down at the back. I'll, prob I'll make sure that I don't even have popcorn because that's distracting for them. <laughs> and they'll work on 10 seconds of film for an entire two days for a long period of time, 12 to 13 hours. So they work hard. They're very dedicated. And they'll be hearing and seeing things that I don't even know how they got there. I don't even see how you thought that that was the sound or how you could create that. I, that's blowing my mind. The reason why I'm telling you this story is because they work so hard on their craft, they have a list of who they refuse to work with. They have such a moral compass for kindness that they refuse to work with the very great... Some of the greatest directors aren't necessarily the kindest. And just because they worked on their craft doesn't mean that they still get to um, be cruel. And so they actually have a very distinct blacklist that says, I'm sorry, but when we worked with you last time, you weren't kind to our team. You weren't thoughtful to others. In fact, our art and our craft was suffered because of the atmosphere that you brought in. These are some of the... I could list you off some of the names, and I won't. <laughs> I think it's wise not to. 
But what I'm trying to say with that whole story is your craft can dictate the moral compass in which you work in. You don't have to be on the hierarchy of a film director to be able to say yay or nay. If you work on your craft, if you are excellent at what you do, you can distinguish how we're going to play the game. Does that make sense? So when we're looking at Daniel, one of the things that I think we sometimes do as students is we kind of leave a big gap because the Lord's going to show up. We've learned how much he loves us now. That we're like, He's just going to show up. He's going to teach us his ways. And I'm just going to take a risk and here we go. Well, the problem is, is that that's great to wing it, but don't always trust in winging it. Some of the finest influences, I think, in the kingdom values today are not Christians necessarily. Or they are Christians, but they're not in ministry. If you think about people like Jordan Peterson or Ben Shapiro, they're some of the loudest voices in our current era. They believe in the Lord, but they actually take out faith as a variable. Because it becomes too much of a variable. And people can argue against it. What they work on is their craft. Jordan Peterson is a clinical psychologist. Ben Shapiro is a brilliant writer. And students come up to me and say, I've been given a word to write a book. And I'm like, that's awesome. What else have you written right now? And they're like, I haven't ever written. Okay, well, let's start there. <laughs> and actually, if you haven't written a book and you don't know where to start about reading, writing, then read. Make sure you read and read a lot. I don't, I don't believe just yet that we've cracked this breakthrough in finding excellence. I think we ran here as refuge. I think we came here to get healed. But when I know you start walking in excellence, you stop thinking about yourself. You got healed. And now you want to be excellent in what you do. You're not scared of striving because you know that you're healed. You don't go backwards, you go forward all the time. And the beauty of Daniel was that as he distinguished himself, note, he distinguished himself, the Lord didn't distinguish himself, he distinguished himself, a class above the others. Because he distinguished himself, he worked hard in his craft, who he was, how he would lead, what he would eat, that he would pray to the Lord three times a day, and nothing gets in the way of that. Because he did that, the Lord made him ten times wiser than anyone else. You see, favor didn't just follow me because I was the chosen one. Because it does come with my name a lot. Oh, she's very favored in this house. Yeah, but actually it's come from excellence. It doesn't come just because I got lucky. Every pastor in this environment is full of excellence. And I'll go to certain people for different things because I know they're excellent in that particular topic. My question to you today, my friends, is what are you going to be excellent in? And some of, oh, I felt that. Some of you are like, I don't know. That's all right. Just be excellent in what you're doing right now. There will be a season where I need to start working on my speaking. There will be a season where I have to talk, work on my writing. I don't get to influence editors in the publishing world until I became a good writer. Does that make sense? And so now they're calling me up, asking me for relationship advice. It's got nothing to do with my writing. But all of a sudden, they recognize the heart that I have for integrity and excellence is 
activated through the things that I do, but they'll come to you for wisdom on a whole different level. I had a guy that I was working with in between school and going home. I'd worked back into production in the film industry between first and second and third year. And I was working with this brilliant producer um, and editor. We'd sit for hours talking about things whilst we were working on these projects. And he looked at me, and he'd known me 10 years before. So he'd seen me through all of it. And he looked at me, he said, something's changed in you. And I said, um, because of course he's not a believer, so I knew some of my language would be lost on him. So (laughs) I turned to him and I said, yeah, I care about people now. I didn't care about people back then. I was too, too considerate about myself. I was so wanting the next breakthrough, the next healing. or I wanted to just fix it all inside. But actually working on excellence is exactly the thing for me that healed me. It wasn't another sozo or another counseling session. How do we avoid perfectionism? Well, perfectionism is very cruel to you. It's a form of self-hatred, I think. And so there is a difference between excellence and perfectionism. Perfectionism will always berate you when you failed. Every time you got it wrong, you'll have a real strong word with yourself and you'll avoid that situation again. Excellence is kind to you when you get it wrong. You'll be so tender, so kind to yourself when you get it wrong. And I get it wrong all the time. (laughs) But the only way I started to really improve and get excellent in something was by actually turning to myself and going, oh, sweetheart, that was tough, wasn't it? And you didn't, you didn't do it the way that you wanted to. I want you to ask yourself right now, what do I want to get excellent in? And if I don't have a particular thing, make sure that you don't have any kind of voice that's berating yourself for not having something you'll only find the breakthrough for what you should be excellent in by being kind to yourself. You know, it's interesting that we talk about the brilliance and the wonder of Jesus Christ. If it weren't for him, we wouldn't be here, obviously. But before he ever started ministry, and this is based on rumor. This isn't necessarily based on scripture. This is based on a couple of historical accounts that have said this. But he was one of the finest carpenters around. People traveled from all over the place just for his joinery. Anything he did, he did with a spirit of excellence. And one of the things that I I sense an awful lot in this generation is that we actually cut corners. Especially with Instagram. Love Instagram, but my word, we've cut corners. And when I was about 15 years old, I... I went to a, a, a particular, there's this thing in England called the Duke of Edinburgh Award. Does anyone recognize that? Oh, wow, wow, we are, okay, great. The Duke of Edinburgh isn't involved on the expedition itself. <laughs> he just hands out this award, and it was basically to build up the strength and character of young children to young adults. And you had a bronze, a silver, and a gold award. And in each award, you had to do a certain amount of community service, charity work. You had to work on a particular skill. You had to be able to, uh, you had to do an expedition, which would be camping with maps and compasses. Obviously, I was 15 at the time, so we had no mobile phones back then. So we really didn't have GPS. You really did have to look at the map. (laughs) And um, I'm so glad for GPS, to be honest with you, because on this particular day, We'd been asked to go from 
one particular place to another, and that was the campsite. Me and my team started from a particular place and ended up here. <laughs> here. About 6 p.m. in the evening, when the sun's now going down, um, we realized we've gone six hours in the wrong direction. Now, the rules were you're not allowed to go via the roads, and you can't take a cab, and you can't call anyone to come and help you, unless you're in an absolute dire emergency. So, of course, I completely deflated. We're exhausted. We're carrying rucksacks and all of our equipment. And, of course, we wanted to give up. We thought, well, we know the road's nearby. We can just go on that, walk our way home, give up the ghost, or we could just get a cab. And most of us were like, should we just call a cab? And then we'll just drop it about half a mile from the campsite and just make out we finally made it on our own. And I went, that's great, but we're not going to sleep well tonight. If we don't do this with integrity, we're not going to sleep well tonight. See, everyone can get favor on some level by ruthless hard work, but the Lord will come with the favor when you do it with excellence and integrity. And so what was really beautiful is we finally ended up at this campsite. They, the girls agreed. They were like, okay. So me and the girls end up getting to this campsite at like midnight. Everyone else had been there by 4 p.m. We were exhausted. We slept. And everyone, everyone in the campsite came with a massive cheer because we'd fought, persevered, and got through. And it's interesting, the next day we saw my father and they said, did you hear about Carrie yesterday? And he said, no, what happened? And they said, um, well, she ended up with her team about six hours the wrong direction. Um, but she urged the team to go forward and do this with a sense of excellence. They didn't take any roads. They didn't take a cab. They finally got there at midnight and they were exhausted. But she deserves to be praised. And my dad, oh, my dad was so proud of me. And he would go around and say, did you hear about Carrie? I was the last. I'm like, Dad, please stop telling that story because I'm the last one. <laughs> I look like an idiot. I look like I can't use a compass and I can't, but can we just keep it between you and me? He said, I'm so proud of you. Sometimes we look at circumstances and we think that the circumstances is echoing something in our heart. It's not. Because you might be put in a furnace or you might be asked to be eaten by lions. Don't think that your circumstances are reflecting that you're not excellent. Sometimes you'll have more adversity because of it. But my God, it's worth it. I think sometimes we've... we've become imbalanced. We run to the Lord for affection and kindness. And like Katrina was saying, the Lord just lets us work on our muscle. And that muscle is actually something to be distinguished by ourselves. It's not for the Lord to come in and help you with. It's actually foolish. It's not taking ownership. See, there's something beautiful about the co-laboring with him that allows me to discover the excellence of what he'd built me with. So I wrote like a few little things that I thought would be useful and helpful. <laughs> that piano playing is making me so emotional. Thank you, David. <laughs> the excellence of your piano skills are... <laughs> Wow. 
You see, I look at you, David, and I think about the hours that you spend playing the piano. And I think about just the, the enjoyment of doing the journey. You're not doing that just to try and influence someone. You're not doing it just to try and impress people. You do it because you love to. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted him to come up here. Because I, there's something about his playing that just feels so... Oh, it's the tenderness of him. It's the tenderness of his kindness every time he touches a key. But you know when someone is sitting at the table. I mean, Proverbs 22, 29 talks about if they are diligent workers, they will serve kings. You want to sit with a king and queen? Then work diligently. Let's get rid of this laziness or apathy that can sometimes stir in the church because we think the Lord's got it. He does have it. He'll always take me out of a really difficult situation when I wasn't expecting to. But sometimes... I've got to learn a lesson or two. Some people won't graduate because they didn't make it on time enough. And that breaks my heart, but sometimes it's the best lesson for them. We care about you being excellent. We care about your heart reflecting his. And if the world, the nature of the world was created by gases, that if there were a percentage out here or there, none of us would exist. A percent of gas, if they change carbon monoxide, oxygen, if it's slightly off, none of us would exist on earth. Do you understand your designer? Do you understand your creator? Do you understand that influencers are excellent at what they do and they seek other people who are excellent at what they do? You will be astounded. When I start to watch students walk in excellence, the favor of the Lord, it's insane. But sometimes they might be very gifted and the doors might open, but it won't stay there if you haven't worked on your character. You'll sabotage it. You'll wreck it. And you'll question subtly whether you actually deserve it. Whether that's relationships, whether that's who you're married to. You'll push it away because you thought that you had earned it somehow. No, no, no. Excellence is very kind to you in the mess. And I don't know whether you've ever seen the banqueting table of the Queen, Queen of England. She has these wonderful state banquets. I personally not attended one, just to be clear. Um, but I have watched videos about it because I love watching what the royalty do. And we might look at this very long table and it's been measured out, the tape measure from the edge of the table to the top of the chair is measured by butler one by one. If there's hundreds, it's going to take him a long time. Um, no microphones on display, but they're hidden in flowers so that they can hear the queen if they need to. The, the process in creating the excellence of a banqueting table takes weeks for a two-hour event. But my gosh, it's worth it. And it's messy. There's chaos. There's people running around. There's all sorts of of activity going on. So if you look at it like that on a day-to-day -day basis, the, the small, tiny steps are normally quite messy. But when you get to the end, the banqueting table is beautiful. And so when you get to eternity, you'll see all the things that you're reflecting on a day-to-day -day basis all mapped out in front of you. And there's such a gorgeous quote by Martin Luther King. I'd love to read it to you because... I'm not expecting everyone to be Beethoven or Shakespeare. C.S. Lewis and Tolkien would sit on the, um, 
in the Eagle and Child pub, and they'd share their manuscripts. They weren't trying to make bestsellers. They cared about their craft. So when you've got Tolkien and C.S. Lewis sharing Lord of the Rings and Narnia Chronicles, the hilarious thing I find is Tolkien hated the Narnia Chronicles. (laughs) Despised it, thought it was weak. (laughs) Which we laugh now, but they had friends that kept them accountable. The Inklings were the most profound writers in the world, and they did some of the most best-selling stuff in the world. The most influential literature is from that pub. And they were diligent to making sure they could be better and better. One of the things I ask you today is go to a friend that can be honest with you and say, how can I be a cut above? You were called church to be a cut above. You were not called to be ordinary. You were not called to just hang tight. You were called to be a cut above the rest. And I'd love it if one day in this world we have people that go Christians, well, they're a fearless bunch. I don't, I don't agree in Christianity, but my gosh, they're fantastic workers. And we're doing it a little bit. We are doing it a little bit. But we need to do it more. I want you to be famous for being excellent. It's not all about the grace. It is about the grace, but it's not all about the grace. There is something so enjoyable about setting up the banqueting table. There is something so enjoyable about being excellent. And it really isn't about achieving to be a brilliant pianist. It's about enjoying the journey. And I've got film production companies that don't have any contracts with each other because they're a a group of people that are excellent. They refuse to have contracts because it keeps them integral. If you have a contract, it gives you almost a reason to back out or to get it wrong, and then you can... it's, it's, It's... based on distrust towards each other. But actually, the thing I love about this journey is they built through trust and integrity their own heart for excellence. Do you think I'm drilling home the message of excellence today? Okay, good. Martin Luther King said this, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music Or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. I'm not asking you to pair up with celebrities. I'm really not. But if you are placed in front of them, make sure you're excellent. If you are placed in front of the richest people in the world, make sure you're excellent too. And also the other thing about this is it makes sure that the very next verse after that one I said to you about 22, 29 Proverbs, the very next verse in Proverbs 23 says, if you do dine with them, have a knife to your throat if you cover what they want to eat. You see, when I build on my excellence, I don't want anything from someone in front of me who might be worth 30 million because I trust myself and I trust the Lord and the Lord's given me so much favor in my own journey. It might not be favorable to you, but it is to me. The things that have occurred in my life, before I came to Bethel, before I was a believer, people, it wasn't favor. It was, she always lands on her feet, that one. And so I, I had a heart for excellence for a long time, but my character, my belief in building who I was, was a great nudge from the Lord. 
was finally being accountable to other people, was actually listening to people. The best and most knowledgeable people are the finest researchers. So I've said this, be diligent in all things. Be a good researcher. Educate yourself on a subject before you open your mouth with opinions. If you see a problem in the world, seek excellence to change the problem, one day at a time. If you want to get better at something, keep doing it and don't cut corners. Cutting corners says to me that you don't trust something bigger than you to meet you at the end. Seek guidance. The wise are not beyond reproach, so seek teachers. Be excellent in your purity. This doesn't just include your sexual ethics, but also your heart posture, not coveting what others have, how you carry yourself in all things. Wait for them. Don't let them wait for you. When you've failed or dropped the ball, be honest about it, but never berate yourself. Commend yourself on the fact that you tried and discover how you can improve it for next time. Enjoy the learning curves, for excellence is not about achievement, but more about a posture of the heart that doesn't include a time watch, but more a heart to honor God. Enjoy the learning. <laughs> Enjoy the learning curves, for excellence is not about achievement, but more about a posture of the heart that doesn't include a time watch, but more a heart to honor God. Stand in front of friends and ask what you might need to work on to be a cut above. Excellent people never judge another for not being so. They meet people where they're at. Perfectionists judge and isolate and fear that they might be rejected in their mess. Excellence. Do you want it one more time? Excellent people never judge another for being not so. They meet people where they're at. Perfectionists judge and isolate and fear that they might be rejected in their mess. Excellence is about showing up every day, committing to do the best that you can. And if you want to be an influencer to the influential, ask why. If it is so you get to dine with them or fly in their private jet, remind yourself of Proverbs 23. And while dining with a ruler, pay attention to what is put before you. If you are a big eater, put a knife to your throat. Don't desire all the delicacies. Set up your life so that you have to trust God and obey his desires for you. And when you face trials, are you able to remain faithful under pressure? See, people of excellence really know how to handle pressure because they probably worked on the skill of it. <laughs> I didn't get good at conflict until I worked on getting good at conflict. Most skills and desires that you've been given are things for you to work on, not things that have just been planted in front of you. And it's not because he's trying to make your life difficult. It's because you explore more of who you are and how he wired you as you go on the journey. So if you want some more of that, I want you to stand. <laughs> Richard, you don't need to stand, you're fine. Yeah, Lord. How excellent you are. How full of might and awe. How brilliantly diligent you were in creating this universe. And what a privilege it is to be adopted by the excellent one. Lord, and everyone here, I ask that they don't walk away condemning themselves for not being excellent. 
but that they're inspired to enjoy another day, to settle for the mediocre that actually helps build the muscle to become excellent. I ask, Lord, that you bring in this fearlessness, this boldness to be powerful and mighty in your name. And Lord, that this will be the class that knows how to bring excellence to everything they do. It's not so they influence the influential. It's because they love you. It's not so they can fly on private jets or enjoy a nice banqueting table. But it's because we love to reflect to you in any given situation. Lord, I ask for a tenderness over their hearts that every time they're given the opportunity to become excellence, they're kind to themselves in the process. And I break off the spirit of perfectionism. I break off striving in Jesus' name. I break off shame in Jesus' name. That's not you anymore. And I welcome the great pianists, the great painters, the great creatives, the great project managers, the great businessmen, the anointed ones that knew how to steward your favor because they were full of integrity. I say no more to cutting corners. I say yes to turning up 10 minutes before you have to. I say yes to actually finding the glory of the Lord in your excellence. So put your hand on your heart. Put another one on one of your neighbors. If you can. And know that you're not in this alone. And that everyone standing to your left and right will be your accountability, even if you don't know them. Even if they're strangers to you. Lord, I just pray that we have people that will teach us, that will mentor us, that we have a heart to be curious, that we have a heart to be researching all the wonders of the world. That we don't just settle for beauty as it is, but we want to see how you created that beauty. For Lord, we know that beauty matters, that kindness matters, that substance matters, that thought matters, that education matters. Lord, I ask that we don't just wing it. I love the fact that we can trust you that much, but sometimes I ask that we just don't get complacent and that we have this heart to discover more of you in what we don't know over what we do know. I just want you to pray for everyone next to you. I want you to pray for each other, just loud and proud, for a spirit of excellence that loves to learn. I say yes to the Bible teachers. I say yes to the pastors. I say yes to the evangelists. I say yes to the prophets. But I also say yes to those that are in the secular world and called to the secular world. We need you. We need you to fight for excellence. And may you be bold like lions. May he give you the fearlessness to sit in the den with the lions. And may he give you ice cold protection when you're thrown in the fire. In Jesus' name. Amen.
thanks for checking into the Carrie Lloyd podcast. Um, if you loved it, share it. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Carrie Gracie, Facebook at uh, Carrie Lloyd, and Twitter at Carrie Gracie. Um, we do have a website which is CarrieLloyd.net, and if you have any questions of any sort, um, then you can just email me at Carrie at CarrieLloyd.net.